Hope Podcast. Hey, this is Luke. This is Corey. And this is Puris. And welcome to the Foul Hook Podcast. Bro, influencers, man. We've all been there. You guys know. Uh, I, I've talked to all of you about it. We've been influenced in <laughs> relatively negative ways from some, I guess, positive from some unwilling or not. But man, some of the shit that I've seen in the last five years of really paying attention to the influencer scene really just grinds my gears. It's just the CBD ads, the bullshit rod companies, the, just the craziness. I mean, look, you, you've seen it from a few people you've worked in some companies. I won't name names, but you've seen them come and go and things like that and asking for free stuff. And that, that to me, that just rubs me the wrong way, man. Just going and straight up asking for free stuff. You don't like free stuff. Oh, I love free stuff. <laughs> I'm all about free stuff, man. Dude, that's what we're we're gonna try and get free stuff. No, that's right. Yeah, dude. Uh, Sims, Patagonia, yeah, uh, Winston. Yeah, Winston. Send me some rods, man. TNT. I would love TNT. Yeah. yeah. I think. Um, yeah, definitely with the influencer thing. There's positives and negatives, and I think most of the time, like you see people that just don't really like. I don't know. I mean, you kind of only see them really on Instagram and kind of just know who they are from there. And then when you kind of meet them in person, like either they're like angels or they're, you're like, dang, you're a scumbag. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just like, it's to me, it's just about like, are you still maintaining like any form of like ethics? Like if you want to be an influencer, that's great. I think all of us who like grew up fly fishing and stuff, like the idea of being like, we could get paid or sponsored or whatever to do what we love is awesome. So I don't fault anybody for doing that. But when you have these people who are, you know, taking, 10 minute photo shoots with a fish they just caught. It's, it's just so like, so off the cuff from being even close to like moral or ethical. That's yeah. where it starts to get to like the, the rub me the wrong way state. There's just, when it comes to that clothes changing, like to me, yeah, I understand you have to work for big fish and everything. And there's not big fish. Don't just come to you because you, it's your first time on the water. Maybe if you're lucky, but I understand the idea of they want content but you have to work for the content. I say this a lot. You got to pay your dues. You got to be able to go out there and put in 150 days to get that one special fish. And then to do things that are very bad for the fish's health and potentially kill it. It doesn't make any sense to me. Like, why would you do that? Why would you take that away from the resource? Like, you know, that could be some kid, some 14, 15 year old kid's first fish. And instead you've decided I'm going to take this 25 inch brown trout and just hero shot the hell of it, hell out of it until it dies. And that to me is like disgusting. Like I can't, I cannot get behind that kind of behavior. And I mean, if you want to take a fish, take a fish, that's fine. But like, again, it's just ethics, like kill it quickly, humanely. Um, I mean, I think we all see it in the summer and stuff, you know, start getting those hot days and you start seeing some floaters here and there. And like at the end of the day, is it going to have a huge impact on the population of the fish? Probably not. But is it worth it so that you can have 15 photos of the same fish with three different outfits from 42 different angles? Like, right. yeah, it's just not there. I think, um, I think too, like, uh, I don't know. I look at the whole influencer thing as like a market in a way too. I mean, uh, and it's kind of one of those things where it's very saturated and no one's doing anything different. It's like, here's me with my truck camper sleeping in the back of my truck and then I'm going to go catch a big brown trout. You know, and it's like, oh, that's cool. Like, but there's 25 other videos on YouTube about that. And I think, like, I haven't seen any, like, influencers really that, like, they're more so just, like, posting, like, these big montages of, like, them catching fish. And yeah. it's like, where's the montages of you, like, doing river cleanups or, like, uh, you know, helping out conservation-wise? And, like, 
I think using your platform to do something positive for the fishery rather than just being like, look at me, I'm sick as fuck. Like, yeah, it's yeah. a big me culture. Like, it's all look at me, look at me, look at how cool I am, look at everything I do, but don't appreciate anything that's give, enabling me to do this. Like, it's not river cleanup, it's not conservation. There are influencers out there that do a really good job of like pushing conservation-based issues, especially in their home states, like Colorado is where a lot of fly fishing influencers are nowadays. And there are quite some large influencers that do like, hey, like, you know, Denver water is screwing up my water here, you know, blah, 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 the water's hot, like don't fish. Like I appreciate this kind of posts. And whenever I look at an influencer, I always want to see how many of those types of posts they have in comparison to, you know, oh, here's this beautiful brown trout that I just caught. Here's this, you know, whatever. It just, to me, like if you're going to pimp the land in that way, you should also be giving it back in some way. And to me, not enough people do that. I mean, we can, I can think of a thousand influencers, no, probably hundreds, not a thousand that don't do that. I think one of my like biggest issues with the whole thing too is like Luke just kind of touched on it is it's always like, here's me, here's a spot, I'm going to go fish. And I know we talk about this all the time, but like the spot earning is just out of control. Yeah. I mean, growing up, it was like, you know, you, you took friends to a spot because it was sick and you wanted to share it, but that was it. And it was because most of those spots you worked your ass off to find. Like it was looking at maps, hiking through the woods. And I mean, I can't even think about the hours I spent not catching shit trying to find a spot that was good and then you find those little honey holes and there's something magical and special and like i i'm all for like accessibility and getting everybody out and onto the rivers and the streams and stuff but like you got to leave some of this up to the imagination and go work to find it because it's it's truly like having a massively negative impact on fly fishing as a sport i think yeah that's a big thing i think um i mean i was there um, I think when I first started doing a lot of video stuff, um, I just wanted to capture sick content. I was inspired by other videos I saw, you know, and ironically, I kind of wanted to be that influencer in a way. And then like, you know, it took a couple convers hard, I should say tough, hard conversations with some people in my local fly scene up North. And they were like, yo, this is bad. And like, you know, and it's hard, you know, when you put a lot of work into something that looks really cool. And then they're like, hey, that looks really cool. You're gaining a lot of traction on it, but this is going to damage overall. And it's like that perspective just didn't cross my mind. And so like I immediately like started like deleting stuff. Bro, and you're was, telling me you don't want free stuff because you put a <laughs> sick video, man. Come on, dude. You don't want you don't want that free moonshine rod or that free dude, max catch rod or something bro come on i've been i tagged post fly in it like six times like, oh guys let me let me get that ad money <laughs> let me get that box oh, let me get that box let me get that promo code bro i'm gonna sell three of these and get 25 cents back what's going on guys if you uh yeah go ahead and like this video and everyone gets a free post fly box post fly sent me 200 of these shit. i can't get rid of them so. <laughs> yeah some of them are even the tying kits, and I, I don't even know what's in these. You have to, yeah, you have to know how to tie for that to be useful. Yeah. <laughs> Some of us at this table don't know how to tie. I'm not going to name names or anything or point fingers because, but... Uh, Let's say he's a guide, too. Yeah, he might be a guide. Who the, knows? The most involved in the fly fishing scene, and he has never tied a fly in his life. Hey, I've tied, like, three. Come on. Yeah, what? The, like, we'll get you there. We'll get you. Little, Dude, I'll be... The little kid woolly bugger kit. Dude, <laughs> when you actually start guiding, you're going to, like, you're going to really 
hate the you're gonna be spending so much money on flies you're gonna hate your life oh yeah i know i know i'm aware but it is what it is man it's an absolute myth that tying your own flies saves you money that's true if you if you're production tying like zebra midges then like sure you're gonna save a couple bones waltz worms and squirmies yeah good to go but the second you start tying like sex dungeons and like you know meat whistles and stuff you um you're in trouble if i ever start getting again my clients are not fishing the streamers i tie you guys can like suck a dick at that point (laughs) you can you can have this uh one dollar black woolly bugger that i found in the tree Hey man, got hung up on a log, and uh, yeah, your your eleven dollar sex dungeons hung up over there. Got to break off. It's like I'll I'll walk across that river to grab that eleven dollar sex dungeon. The hell with it, man. I think that's like the most heartbreaking thing. I remember the first dungeon I ever tied. It had to have taken me like forty five minutes. Like full YouTube tutorial, follow the whole time, dude. First cast just hooked it on this giant log jam like in the middle of the river and it was in like a like probably like a six seven foot deep run and i was like i'm not losing that fly and i went in for it topped my waders like filled myself up completely got the fly off was feeling like real proud and then like the next run i wrapped it around an overhead power line and it was like that one i can't like there's no way to like go in after it yeah just uh give up your life for 11 dollars like yeah you're like okay well i put like three dollars worth of materials into it in an hour of my life and i lost it in 30 <laughs> seconds or i could have just spent like 550 at the fly shop oh, and I love it. It. this is all the people that i've gone fish with they're like yo look at this sick streamer i tied up and i'm like that looked like it took a lot of time and they're like got hung up in the rocks first cast <laughs> Dude, the amount of like I feel that way even with a fly I buy like it's five bucks and I like lose it on a log and I'm like, well I just shit away five dollars for Pure no pain. reason yeah for no reason I'm just like up oh. and it didn't even catch a fish didn't even sniff a fish I'm just like well I guess that works so it is what it is man like losing flies there was one year I bought 120 split back BWOs I ended the season with like 25 dang. I there lost them all. One year we, we went to Pyramid and I tied 120 <laughs> chronomids for the two of us and you managed to burn through like 75 of them in the first day. Hey man, I didn't know how to ca- I didn't know how to double haul a big bobber rig out there and I literally probably lost dude, that that beach, that one that those rocks of Pelican probably have 60 flies of mine or Corey's technically of mine just like laying in them. They're like Velcro. Yeah. <laughs> Did that coral, that like coral, whatever it's the tufas or whatever, yeah, whenever it gets stuck in there, man, like that, that's, that's bad. Yeah. It's hard. It's a tough scene, man. Whenever you're losing flies like that. I mean, my problem is that for the longest time I fished way too heavy on the bottom and I would just snag up on crap. And I had an issue where snagging fish seemed to be like a normality whenever it shouldn't have been and things. And I talked to some people and like, dude, you're using way too much weight. Like, and now I see why people use weighted trebles to go fish for steelhead and salmon. I mean, I forget where I was. I think was it. I think we were steelheading, and I saw a weighted trouble somewhere. And I was like, "What the hell is this?" Like I'd never actually seen one in person, and I was like, well, "Great ethics, right here, guys. We're just snagging them up, boys." Those used to be completely legal in like a lot of places, especially where they had like big, um, like kokanee runs, like yeah. Blue Mesa in Colorado back in the day. You could use the weighted trouble, and people just wrench them through like a whole <laughs> squad of spawning kokanee. <laughs> We like limit out in like 45 seconds. It's a sick day of fishing. Dude, that's not even fishing, man. That's not even fun. I hate the kokanee spawn. Pisses me off because I'm trying to fish for bulls and the kokanee are just like 
fucking everything up. Dude, go circling back to influencers, man. That that dream stream. Well, Corey, you're from Colorado, so that dream stream kokanee run. Every time I see a, a kokanee off the dream stream, I immediately am just like, I hate. I I don't want to ever look at this person stuff again because I think it's the goofiest shit. Like we have them everywhere here in Idaho. And I've never been like, hey man, let's go, let's go fish for kokanee. Like I've never thought of that in my life. Like the only time I've ever caught them in like a stream when they were spawning was like on accident, because in the you know when they're spawning like August or September or whatever it is, like dude, there's some up here, there's some big cuts that stack in behind them. Yeah, and like every once in a while you get that one that's like just got a wild hair and decides to eat like some nymph or something. But yeah, I don't. I can't really like understand wanting to target a fish that is that like far into the spawn because like they don't they don't fight super hard. Nope. They don't taste good. You literally drag them in, and then like when you're trying to unhook them, they just like nut all over you. <laughs> That's fun. Yeah. Some some guys are into that, man. Some guys are into that, bro. Some some women too. You know, I can't can't kink shame. Yeah, that's true. I shouldn't be shaming anybody for their preferences. Yeah. Going going back to influencers, I gotta. The stereo, um, I don't know if you guys recognize this as like a stereotype with them too. They all transcend in, into guides, like literally every single one of them. Are you, you calling? Are you calling me an influencer? No, but I, you're like, on that track. But I would oh, barely shit. call you a guide either. Yeah, so. dude. <laughs> man, I wouldn't book me as a guide either, dude. I don't. I don't know. But isn't that the thing? Like, uh, it's weird. You know, like uh, I mean, people we know, you know, they're like all guides on like prestigious creeks and waters like, it, I, I think it's the assumption is that this person has worked so hard supposedly on x body of water that they're able to get their clients on fish and whether or not the clients have the skills to get to that fish is yeah that's that's the you know the x factor it's a it's dice a, roll exactly well, you're yeah. completely gambling also like credit where credit is due some of these influencers like the reason that their content has blown up so big is because some of them are phenomenal anglers like yeah. you look at some of these pages and it's just next level fish porn um like i know quite a few of these influencers off the top of my head that like i was super quick to follow everything they were doing because i was like dang this is insane that you are like you know bringing in fish of this quality with this level of consistency um so I think maybe that's kind of just goes with that assumption of like, oh, well, if somebody like this can catch this many big fish, then they're like automatically qualified to be a guide when that's definitely not the case for some of them. But yeah, guiding is a lot of teaching and explaining waterways and things like that. I understand yeah. people who want to like sport fish who are like, I only want to catch big fish. But I mean, you guys could, you know, attest to this. Like to me, fly fishing, it's great when you catch big fish, but a lot of it's just being outside and learning nature and all of that and just doing something that's not inside getting in front of a phone or no. a television screen or a computer screen. And like, it just, it boggles my mind though, that like people will follow these influencers. They catch big fish and just assume that they immediately can do it. Or they, they assume that they can ascend to that level, which if you ascend to that level or go as far down as their level, I guess would even be the better example. If you go down to their level, who knows like what moral and ethical rabbit hole you're going to get into in fly fishing, whether it's fishing for spawning fish, whether it's fishing water that you're not supposed to be on, whether it's fishing out of season, you know, just doing illicit behavior, which I mean, we've heard from millions of millions, hundreds of people about like ex influencer doing ex illegal thing on whatever body of water. And to me, man, like that's, you know, one thing I do is I follow the rules. I don't 
I don't stray from the rules. You know, I'm a, I follow rules to a fault and will even make up my own. If I feel like ethically it's bad, like I don't fish like a very specific brown trout river near where we live past October 1st, even though those fish aren't really spawning it on October 1st, I don't want to chance it. Okay. I, I fish that exact river every October 2nd. Just for that reason. Yeah. Uh, you rip a big brown dungeon yeah. at a very famous hole that has a has something going over the top of it. Yes. Exactly. Yeah, exactly, dude. I mean, there's a reason there's 25-inch brown trout in there as well. Yeah. But um, everyone should only fish that hole in the river. There's no fish in the rest of that river if you guys are, know what river I'm talking about. It's full sucker fish. I have caught sucker fish, John, if the, I will say that. The, uh, I guess the question is, too, um, I mean, obviously, we're, we're still on this topic, but I mean... The big question is like, do you think the current way of way like influencers are going? Like, do you think with like social media definitely like evolving in its way? Like, do you think it's more damaging? I know this question is out there a lot, but I'm curious to for us to form an opinion on it. Do you think it's like more damaging? Do you think the mo- most influencers around here that we know? Do you think they're actually you know helping, or are they doing more more harm than they think? That's such a tough question. It's to loaded. Answer. Yeah, that's Super a loaded, loaded question, dude. I think the fact that we are, I mean, some some of the cool things that you've seen come out of this, especially in recent years, is like we're seeing a huge uptick in younger people getting into the sport of fly fishing again, which, I mean, you need somebody to carry the torch. Sure. I think we're seeing a huge uptake in the number of female anglers, which I think is awesome. Um, and I think a lot of that is coming from this content that our people are putting out and it's, you know, it's making this sport appealing to those demographics, which is awesome. Like I'm all for that. But like I said, I mean, to me, the biggest thing is just like the spot burning and the, like the ease of information. And maybe that's like an old fashioned, like idea that like when I was growing up, I worked for my spots and I only shared them with like people who were in my little tight knit circle and like. Every once in a while, you'd meet that random stranger in your hole and you'd be like, dang, I thought I was the only guy who knew this spot. And that guy's like, man, I thought I was the only guy who knew this spot. And you're like, all right, well, you know, you want to drink a beer and talk about it, like kind of thing. But that just doesn't exist anymore. Like, it's so common to roll up to a spot that you thought, like, you were the only person who knew about it. And then there's like 30 people there. Yeah. It's, It's wild. It's crazy. Even our little micro niche here in Boise, we saw that with the spot we fished today like that spot used to never have anyone on it and one person posts one picture with a very nice brown trout with a bridge in the background and next thing you know there's a hundred people on it yeah because they all recognize that bridge like oh i didn't know there were fish there oh how do you access that things like that it's just it's it's a nightmare scenario when it comes to spot burning it back to the original question though whether or not i think it's good i think it's good that we're getting more anglers and like Corey said i think it's very positive there especially we're getting more women we're getting more young people the sport is evolving from being an old white guy sport to a much more like middle-aged ground where like everyone can fly fish. It's accessible to everyone. And that's a total different conversation about accessibility and things like that. But when you're looking at, you know, the demographic change and who's getting into the sport, my biggest question then is who's taking up the mantle after the Rosenbauers and the Gallops when those guys, you know, Tim Flaglers, when, what happens? Oh, yeah. Who replaces those people? Whenever they get too old to fish, they unfortunately ha- they pass away. You know who takes up after that, and that's the scariest part. Is is that where our influencers of our age that are around our age is that where they slot in? Is because to me that's not a good representation of fly fishing. Yeah, I will say because like I mean meeting some of them and like just the way they are in person. Like this is super judgy of me to think, but it's like you know I think of them as like the ultra Chad. <laughs> like 
Yo, what's up, man? Fucking, you know, driving my Subaru through, fucking fishing this and shit. And it's like, it's really like kind of cringy. Come on, man. You don't have to call me out like that. At least I don't have the, <laughs> at least I don't have the four banger rod vault, dude. I only got the two. So, yeah. but yeah, no, it's it, some of them, you know, and a lot of them, it's because they're young and they're not only do they want to fit in their fly fishing peers, they want to fit in with like their age, like the Gen Z millennial crowd. Yeah, so they, that's, that's why they talk. You know? Younger than us. Yeah, a lot of them are younger than us or the same yeah. age. I mean, I can think of a few. I went to college with a very, very well-known influencer at the time. He was a very cool dude. Um, I ran to the shop a few times. And next thing I know, like he is basically getting ran out of Idaho because everyone hates him that much. And he got caught doing some sketchy shit. And he's been called out by just about everyone. Huge fly fisherman called him out, has called him out in multiple videos now, which is, I find hilarious that he's jumping on that train too. And it's... It is disconcerting because he was a really nice guy until that happened. Let's bring him on. We should. Yeah. I would I would love to have him on. I we'll reach he, out. Yeah, we'll reach out. I'll reach yeah. out to him. He loves me, I'm sure. He probably doesn't even remember <laughs> me. Yeah, I think um I think kind of just to wrap this thing up or this a subject is like if you're an influencer, if you're trying to be an influencer, like um uh, I mean, do your role as far as as far as conservation goes and definitely like with the spot burning thing. It can be kind of tough, especially if you're trying to film media content as a guy that's like solely focused around media for me. Like that's one thing I think about now, like religiously is like, am I showing too much? You know, um, you know, I'm trying to be cautious and I think, you know, don't overthink it so much, but I think if you're going into it with that thought, you'll be okay. Um, and just like, uh, don't reach out to companies for free shit when you don't have anything to offer. That's a big thing too. Working at a fly shop, having some people do that was really, you know, uh, disheartening. And just because you have 11K on Instagram doesn't mean shit, you know? Right. I will say, I mean, like, what yeah. you just kind of touched on, though, too, is, like, at the end of the day, like, we all love to share this. Like, every single one of us wants to post pictures of the fish we catch or at least have them on our phone to show a friend. And that's how it was back in the day. That was all you could do. There was no Instagram. That's what I'm used to. But yeah, old ass I'm, man. I'm the boomer in this group. Um <laughs> But, you know, share your stuff and yeah, you don't have to overthink it and we don't have to like belittle the heck out of people for maybe sharing overexposing photos. But I mean, like I would just encourage everybody out there to just just be mindful of it, like at least make a half assed attempt at, you know, trying to protect this resource, because at the end of the day, like it's not an unlimited resource like these are living creatures and the very fragile yeah, ecosystems it's, it's totally yeah. a limited thing i mean we can destroy this like it's not impossible yeah and the other thing too that i'm a really big proponent of is if you screw up just admit to it man you don't have to just defend your defend it for no reason yeah look like, at on an ego king. trip yeah look at liver king look yeah. at liver king yeah. man he apologized yeah I you, fucked up. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah exactly no if you screw up man like as someone who has called out many an influencer, if you apologize for it, like that's like to me, that shows who you are as a person, not only as a fly fisherman, but if you screw up, just apologize, say, Hey, I messed up. John B, um, the really big what the Guggen Bates guy, or whatever, he's posted a video not too long ago, um, where he was literally red raping brook trout on beds. Like very clearly he's like, Oh, these bull trout or these uh brook trout were all you know, surrounded on these like clear out, cleared out patches on this lake and I was catching them and he has like a video of it and everything. And he immediately takes a video down and he's like, I'm so sorry. I did not realize those are reds. That's how you do it. Like that's how you save face. Like you say that you screwed up and that's okay. Yeah. No one is perfect. Like that is a big thing. No one is perfect. And we're all learning. I mean, mistakes happen. Sometimes you don't even know 
that you did it. I mean, I was fishing um, for some brown trout during the fall when I was a young angler, and one of the guys I was fishing with caught to this day still the biggest brown I've ever seen landed on a fly. And uh, we knew that it was close to the spawn time of year, but there were a lot of fish that hung behind the reds and, you know, the lower stretches of the river. And uh, we landed that fish and we were like, oh, that was sweet. Where'd you pick it up? And looked like a great stretch river. We walked to the other side, looked down, and it was just a massive red. And he just pulled that fish right <laughs> off the top of the red. And, and you see that that kind of stuff, though, like you learn from your mistakes. You're like, shit, I did it one time. The fish got back in fast, whatever. You know, and it happens. Like, we've all done that. Like, it is what it is, you know. And as long as you could admit, like, oh, I did it once. I'm never going to do it again. You're a lot further along than most people who fly fish. Like, I remember I fished. This is not a secret. Oak Orchard one time in New York. And it's, you know, famous. And this will transition well into our next topic. It's uh, one of our, one of the uh, migratory creeks or lakes, whatever you want to call it, spots. And the brown trout are like 30 to 35 inches in there. And what are they doing in there? They're spawning. What are people paying $40 a day to go do? Fish for the spawning browns that are 30 to 40 inches. Like, that's just what it is. And, you know, that that that's its own, you know, its own spiel because they've been doing it for so long that one. They still keep coming back. But, yeah, you know, red raping, that's a whole other topic. That's, another, that's, yeah, a, whole, that's, that's, that's a whole that's podcast. A, that's a whole podcast. For that's a, there's so much biology and shit like that, dude. Like, you can't even, can't even, can't even cover that in. 45 minutes. I like it though. We yeah. can, we can definitely hop on that train here. Yeah, that's a good next topic. episode. We'll, we'll touch on that. Yeah. I would love to hear some comments from viewers to like, or listeners to hear like, what, what do you think about it? Like, is it always bad? What not? Like if you're fishing for salmon in Alaska, like, you know, whatever. We gotta, we gotta save this one. I got, I got two yeah. ideas yeah. on this one. I'll put it out there yeah. that, um, if you got some stories or like questions or any kind of subject material to red raping, send it in or like, yeah. let us know. If you have a really, really nice brown trout from like October, like the second week of October, the third week of November, like let me know and let me know where you caught it because I would be interested in <laughs> yeah. going there. After yeah. we just talked about how much we don't actually like um, spot burning, if anybody has any pins for any locations as to where the fishing is really good. The DMs are open. Yeah. And, uh, Onyx preferred. Onyx preferred. Yeah. Yep. Um, I would, you know, I'll touch on one thing for, for that real quick. Uh, I think it just like ethics wise, because I had a conversation with someone about this, not necessarily on the subject of red raping, but like fishing for browns during the spawn. And it was actually someone that worked at one of our local shops here. Um, well, yeah, pretty much like <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. So, uh, but it's, you know, fishing, this person's like, you know, I mainly stay off this specific river because the browns are spawning and, um, you know, I don't start fishing it till spring. And then my brain goes, so you fish for it when the rainbows start going, start spawning. So what's the difference? Right. Yeah. Like, and then it kind of stumped him for a minute because he didn't, no one ever told him or thought about that. And uh, I've always said that to people that try to call me out for bull trout fishing, like during the summer. Mm -hmm. It's like you fish for cutties during the spring though. Why does that make any difference? I feel like, I mean, we're here now, but dude, that's, that's the way everybody learned how to fish like 25 years ago, especially yeah. for steelhead and salmon. I mean, that's granted, like that's a whole nother thing to think about with the red raping is like, when do we fish for steelhead and salmon when they're in the rivers? What are they doing when they're, they're getting in the ready rivers? to spawn? They're trying yeah. to spawn. So, uh, um, yeah, they may not be sitting on their red, but that's, that's what's happening is those fish are spawning. So, so a sub, a question I'll say for that is where do you draw the line in the sand? where it comes to fishing for spawn. And if anyone has any like input on that, I definitely want to read it and or hear it, like whatever you guys got to say. Either way, I digress. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Let's move on to, 
to Steelhead. We just talked about him. So there's a the great controversy. Probably the biggest controversy in fly fishing, honestly, if I think about it. Are Great Lakes migratory rainbows? Are they steelhead? I'm not going to call them steelhead because migratory rainbow, to me, is a great, great descriptor of these fish. I'm going to, um, we're going to cherry pick a little bit of an article here, um, a couple of them. Uh, but we will start out by saying that this person that we're going to talk about is a writer for Meat Eater. And um, his name's Kubi, and he's an awesome, awesome dude. And I got to, I got a chance to talk to him at the expo a little bit and uh, read a lot of his articles. And this dude is very, very smart. He's very educated. And he's just a overall hoot of a guy to be around. I've only met him that one time, but he was really fun to talk to. Um, but we are going to cherry pick this article a little bit. We also happen to have someone who has a degree in fisheries yep, on the podcast who, who, who might be not an expert, but someone who's more educated than the average angler honestly, on the matter. Honestly, um, it's hard for me to have an opinion on this just because I'm still learning how to steelhead fish, and I think I'm going to turn it over really to Corey. Uh, I mean, so we've, we've talked about this so many times, and I think there's obviously a degree of pride that's associated with this for being kind of Pacific Northwest adjacent anglers. Um, I, I don't think that you can call a Great Lakes rainbow a steelhead. Um, and I'm probably going to get absolutely like tarred and feathered for saying that. But to me, the, the thing that doesn't make any sense is that like all rainbows and steelhead genetically are the same fish. There's small sub variants in those genetics, just like there are with any species of any animal on the planet. But the defining characteristic of what makes a steelhead a steelhead is that it goes to the ocean. And I know that like the Great Lakes steelhead side says, well, I mean, the Great Lakes are pretty much an ocean and they're not wrong. Like the only difference is that that's fresh water. I guess to me, the biggest distinction is like, it shouldn't make a difference because either way, they're super cool. Like, I mean, steelhead are awesome. They go to the ocean. They survive for, you know, one to three years on average, come back. The ones we have here swim like 800 miles to get to their destination, which is also pretty different than what the ones in the Great Lakes are doing, you know? Um, so I think either way it's really cool, but I'm, I'm a firm believer in the no salt, no steel. Um, Amen, brother. <laughs> just, Amen. And I think I'm willing to die on that hill a little bit. I mean, you know, like look at Jurassic Lake, like, yes, those fish look very different than the Great Lakes steelhead and our steelhead or Great Lakes rainbows and our steelhead in the Pacific Northwest. And, uh, you know, that's their whole different hemisphere of the world and everything. But I mean, they do the same thing. They spend their life out in this giant lake and then they all go to the river to spawn in a mass migration. So by that logic, how come Jurassic Lake rainbows aren't steelhead, but Great Lakes ones are? So if you think about it too, think about Alaska. You know, they don't classify those as steelhead, but they hang out in, let's just say, they go to the ocean or brackish water. They hang out the estuaries mostly, but there's salt involved, right? So, but they do not classify them as like a Pacific Ocean steelhead. Um, they, they are more of like, and I could be wrong, this, I'm not a factual person whatsoever when it comes to this, but transient rainbows is the term yeah. that a lot of biologists use for them. If I'm wrong, please correct me. Um, just having a conversation with one of the biologists I worked with, that's kind of what he called them. And, um, 
it's really weird because I'm just like, well, I'm confused because they go hang out in the ocean and they'll travel further than the estuaries, but they are not considered steelhead. Yeah, I think it's because they go back and forth with more regularity up there, though. Yeah, they're not, what would you call it, like a... Anadromous? Anadromous, yeah. Yeah. I always forget the difference. Well, see, and that's the thing is, like, there's lots of other species of trout, too, that display what's known as adfluvial characteristics. Okay. We see that with our bull trout here in Idaho. Yeah. A lot of them live in a lake and then go up a river to spawn. Yeah. Um, And, I mean, you know, up in Alaska, the the dollies, some of them go to the ocean, too. But I just, I think it, you have to have the ocean to call it a steelhead because I mean, that, that is kind of the defining characteristic and otherwise they're all just rainbow trout. Genetically, they're all so similar. I mean, that, that article points to a, um, a Purdue university study that talks a little more in depth about the great lakes fish specifically. Um, and they kind of use that as a argument for why those are steelhead. I mean, it's well known that the great legs fish came from Pacific Northwest steelhead. That's, they took, you know, populations, um, spawned those fish, sent the eggs to the great legs, reared those fish, put them in. That's how they got there. Um, so genetically, you know, they did come from these Pacific Northwest steelhead, but that Purdue article actually talks about how over like 120 year period, those fish have genetically changed a little bit to cope with the fact that they don't ever get any salt in their life. So if anything, I would argue for the distinction that like they're their own unique subspecies of fish. Yeah. In the article, he, he kind of cites that too. Like at the end he says, you know, Westerners might be right. You know, as much as, you know, I feel in my, I don't know, I'm not quoting it exactly, but like that the, um, that the, just because we're used to calling them Great Lakes steelhead, that they're steelhead, but, you know, they are not the same fish. And he says that in the article, and it's like, you know, then my brain goes to the, well, we got to change the name. Yeah. I think yeah, what, yeah. Are, what are we going to call them? I, dude, I, I say let those Midwesterners come up with a new banger name. Ironheads. Yeah, dude. dude the, yeah. <laughs> like, uh, I don't know. Like, there's a line in the sand with that. But, um, yeah, it just really, you know, it really racks racks a pin in my brain like i just i don't know enough about steelhead but like ultimately i mean it's it's all a matter of semantics and i guess like you're throwing it back and forth like how much does it really matter and i think that's like the takeaway for me is like do i really care that much if i'm standing in a stream in oregon or washington and catching a 30 inch giant rainbow trout that came from the ocean or if i'm standing in a stream in the great lakes region and I catch a giant 30 inch rainbow trout. Like either way, hey, they're all I'm going to be stoked. Yeah. Um, but that being said, man, there's just, there's that little bit of something with the ones that went to the ocean. And that's just, that's a different fish, man. Yeah. Being, being a guy from the East coast and having had the blessed opportunity of fishing for these fish one or two times in my life, I can confidently tell you that you're going to piss a lot of people off by saying they're not steelhead. My dad calls them steelhead still. I'm like, dad, they're not steelhead. And he will argue with me. Till next year. So if that's the hill that they're going to die on, essentially that they genetically change themselves when they go in and out, you know, then that's a lot of fish. Bull trout somewhat do a similar thing too, in a way. Yeah. Well, I like, mean, the genetics of the individual are never changing. It's just the genetics of that population of fish changing over okay. time. Yeah. I had it mixed up then. Yeah. Because yeah. I mean, well, like any, I'll call it adapting. Like you see it a lot in bull trout too. Like they adapt their survivability standard depending on what kind of body water that they're in. Like, Definitely. 
So, and then, but I would, you could go as far as to say that for any fish. Like, so it's uh, to, to kind of have the argument of like, well, they genetically change themselves or they adapt or whatever, maybe, but every fish does that depending on its environment. Yeah. I mean, there's fish that change colors depending on, well, most fish there's do. Fish that change gender. Yeah. I didn't know that. That's crazy. Dude, that so one's cool. crazy. That yeah. one, the. A, I forget what species, some ocean fish. Yeah. Like, that it's the, once the like dominant. I think it's the dominant female. Once it like dies off, then all the little like males like vie out to become the dominant female and they actually become like hermaphroditic and will change like their sex organs completely. Whoa. Yeah. I, that one, I, we'd, I, we'd have to do some research to get real into that because I can't remember which way it is. Aren't there, it's wild. Aren't there hermaphroditic trout as well? There's they, them There's fish. The ones they found in <laughs> there are there, they, them fish. That um, <laughs> they, uh, there's hermaphroditic trout in Boulder Creek. At least there were, and they they think it's because of all the like estrogen from all the birth control that comes from the wastewater treatments. There. No way, yeah, dude, that's the craziest <laughs> because, because, take, dude. Well, dude, no, it's, that's that's what they that's what the scientists like think is happening is because like so like Boulder being a co- like a college town like a, y- a lot of young ladies out there a lot of birth control and they say that like the um the wastewater like treatment plants aren't like designed to to like filter out the estrogen or whatever and it, yeah like over time it can have an impact on the, the trout <laughs> dude that's crazy oh my lord yeah, dude we just oh maybe that's how we bring back steelhead did we start that's one that we're gonna need we're gonna have to go back and like research it checking on for sure because yeah. i don't want to get called out for like bullshitting on that but i no, f- no fake news no fake yeah. news on this podcast so except for during the fake news stretch yeah <laughs> we only do fake news uh certain, certain segments <laughs> everything you've listened to today has been complete and utter bullshit but yeah what are you guys when it comes to like steelhead because like working in a shop like you know i worked with people that are like where i would try to go catch them and they'd be like, oh, you got to get him on the swing. Like, that's a must. Okay. You, I, you fish him with an egg, you're a dirty son of a bitch. I fucking hate steelhead. I'm nine days, dry, eight days dry this year on steelhead, dude. I don't think I've ever felt more depressed about going to a fishery in my life. I will. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. And this and this year has been, like, supposedly some of the best runs. And I haven't, I've seen maybe two this whole time <laughs> that I've been able to see. I haven't seen a single one on a stringer yet this year. Like it is miserable. And the the river that I like to fish, all of a sudden there's 30 people are fishing it. And last year and the year before, there were maybe I would be unlucky if there were two or three more other anglers out there than I was all right. with me. Interesting. Yeah. So check this out. Sorry, we're just quick rewind here. But according to the University of Boulder, CU, or University of Colorado Boulder, um, Male fish are now taking longer to become feminized by chemical or by chemical contaminants that act as hormone disruptors in Colorado's Boulder Creek following upgrades to a water treatment plant in 2008. So this that was totally real. The male trout were becoming female trout because of <laughs> contaminants in the water, which is just damn birth wild. control. Yeah. College kids, are just, college kids are just trying to get laid safely, and next thing you know, they're turning the trout into yeah. them's. There's right. just something Shit. wrong with this generation <laughs> with trout. <laughs> no, anyways, yeah, I'm sorry. The, back, to, back to Steelhead. It's the Gen Z, Gen Z trout, dude. Gen Z trout. I, I will associate steelheading directly with heartbreak in that, you know, a bad relationship gone south and trying to catch steelhead on a fly feel very similar. 
come. <laughs> <laughs> in that they both suck. Um, that's probably like my all time favorite fish to chase. Is just such a beat down now. Um, and I think a lot of that is like where we're at in the world too. Like we are kind of in the zone where they couldn't be any more of a unicorn. Like we do not have super great numbers. They have to go an insanely long way to get to us. Um, you really are looking for the needle in the haystack. And I'm all about the like try and get one on a swing thing. I've got one and it was a stock steelhead. And <laughs> so it like doesn't really count, but it Bro. was sweet. It was on the swing and I did hook one on the Deschutes in Oregon too. And I lost it. Um, and all the rest of mine have come nipping. And shout out, variation. shout out Idaho fishing game for dropping a uh, steelhead from Oxbow dam into, into the Boise river to create steelhead fishing opportunities where we could actually catch fish. Dude. Yeah. <laughs> Talk about like just the most entertaining thing you've ever seen. It's like, even if you don't feel like fishing it, if you're in the area, I just recommend like going and watching the Boise river steelhead stock. Cause it's, it's comical beyond belief. Like, well, you got Cletus and Bill up there. Oh, yeah. Your rods. You, oh, yeah. you got Cletus, you got Bill, you got uh, Eugene, 80 years old. He only fishes for a month. It's crazy. <laughs> you, got, you got it all, dude. It's wild. Yeah. Like It's like you're more liable to lose an eye from a piece <laughs> of flying gear than you are to land a fish. Like, <laughs> Yeah, I, uh, I fished it this year. I caught one and I took it home and ate it. Well, I didn't actually eat it. I gave it to my friend to smoke it. And then he ate, bitch. he ate the whole thing. I know, dude. First fish, I've kept it like nine years. <laughs> I'm a piece of shit, you know? Yeah, I mean, I don't even know. It's, it's, it's one of those events that like makes me a little speechless. I fish it every year because like for nothing else, just raw entertainment value. Like it's it's fun, man. And I, I that's a whole nother like subject too is just like combat fishing, man. Like if you're combat fishing around like a decent group of people, like it can be some of the funnest shit you'll ever do. Like combat fishing the Boise River for Steelhead, I've had nothing but like a positive experience. And um there's not that many fish to catch. So I wouldn't say it's a positive fishing experience, but like it's a very positive, <laughs> like social experience. It, like it, it, it's fun, dude. Like everyone no, everyone there knows what's going on. Like you don't, there's no questions as to why people are there or why you're tangled with another guy or gal. It does not matter. You don't think there's one guy out there that takes it very seriously. You've oh, been waiting for it all year. Yeah. There's the dude who like sits in his garage and custom paints jig heads like for that day. <laughs> He's like, this year is going to be purple and white down at the BSU hole. I'll tell you what. Fucking hooks it in the belly and he's like, yep, that's it. Dude, uh, my, my biggest first big break on Purist was whenever I posted a video of the guy bringing in the steelhead ass backwards out of one of the holes <laughs> and the news, the news station played it and it was one of the most funny things. I, I think, Corey, I think you sent it to me yeah. and I posted that and it got so many like views and stuff and I was like, man, like this is like you know caught in the moment like this is the craziest shit a dude with like six teeth camo jacket and he's like what well, god he, he did have a camo jacket i think he had this is how you on. get them this yeah. is how you get them this is how they all come the in. fish comes in it's like tails right. flopping and everything you can ask so funny. purist over here about the second mouth of a steelhead yeah is in fact the asshole as far <laughs> oh, as he's concerned god don't remind me my first steelhead i ever caught in idaho that was not a boise river steelhead was it came in ass backwards 
I, I just assumed by the way it ran and everything and the way it was shaking, I was like, oh, this is just how the steelhead fights. Like I'd only heard about these mythical steelhead battles. I get it in and Corey's like, hey man, I don't think that's in the mouth. And I'm like, no way, that's in the mouth. I get it there and it's, uh, it's in the ass. And I'm like, God damn it, dude. Like this is my way. I'm also, I'm the only person Corey knows of and I'm sure there's people who have done it. I've also ass hooked the fish at Pyramid. Like somehow, like my first trip there, I, I ass hooked one. You're the only person I've seen foul a fish there, period. Yeah. I've never, I've never caught one foul hook there. Interesting. But I, I'm also I'm pretty snagger, confident bro. it's because you set like Bill Dance. Like, it, it, you're, you are the Bill Dance of fly fishing. Like, <laughs> is every set is like it's on like a 400 pound marlin. We can be fishing a Spring Creek with three inch brookies, and this dude is hero setting for the moon. Dude, I'm just send, for bass. Send, sending him into the yeah. bushes, bro. Fuck Brook Trout too in Idaho. I'll kill those bastards all day. That's, that's dinner. Yeah, that's dinner, dude. That's a good dinner right there. I like them. They're okay. Yeah, they're, they're they're fun, but they're they definitely here. yeah they're definitely not but supposed to be here. Neither are brown trout. That's, that's true. A whole other thing, dude. Yeah, dude, and that's that's funny. When I moved down here, you see the signs everywhere that one of our local clubs put up, and it's just like, don't tread on the brown trout reds. And it's kind of like you know, I get it, but why? Well, you know, yeah, but yeah, they're invasive. But yeah, we're pushing everybody to like yeah. take and catch as many like rookies as we can. Yeah, twenty five of them. Yeah, well, that's like that's a social limit. It's like they just did that because you think if fishing game rolled up on you and you had forty of them bitches, they wouldn't care. They probably would, but it's okay. a, there's like there's a difference between like a like a social limit and like a limit that's in place because of like population dynamics. Like yeah, that's like true. CJ Strike Reservoir like has no limit on crappie, and you see people go down there and take like two hundred. So if they really want the brookies gone, they should just no limit them. Yeah, I mean, I don't think anybody's going up in there and bagging twenty five in a day, anyway. No like, way. You got to put not even a, the not even the fucking hunkies. Well, and yeah. also too, like, what <laughs> do you what do you want twenty five like four inch brookies for? Like, you're gonna make a fucking stew? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. the fish casserole. Might, that actually, that might not be that bad. Actually, if you are big into fish soup, I don't make know. sushi. Yeah. Oh, dude, come on, man, don't do that. Don't put sushi that on. Oh, I'm Korean, so don't put that the on sushi the people, the other trout. people. You know, oh, man. dude, that's crazy though. Like that. I mean, I've caught quite a few brooch out in Idaho. I'll be honest, I've only bonked like three of them and it was to eat them because I was camping and I was like, these these would taste good and they're not supposed to be here. Yeah. But I also wonder how many people are stupid enough to think a brook or a bull trout is a brook trout in streams that they're a in lot. both and that no, they would you're hybridize. Bull. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, they're they're so similar looking when they're young. And that's true. The hybrids are wild because like the first time I ever caught a hybrid one, I it took me like a good minute. I had to like go to the basics and actually like be like, oh, does it have vermiculation on the fins? And how many people yep. are if out it's... fishing thinking about vermiculation on fin, which is like, it's like a speckling, like yeah. wavy pattern. Um, I've never seen a hybrid up north, even during, even while surveying them. They're cool. Yeah. But again, it's like that, that brings up a weird one too. You're like, do I bonk it or do I put it back? Because technically it's at least part bull trout. Well, I would treat it like they do at the um, Snake River, the South Fork of the Snake River, the rainbows, the hybrids yeah. they want dead too. Yeah. Well, I mean, I know, yeah. I know that like, I'm sure fishing game doesn't necessarily want them, but like, yeah, I'm just saying like as an individual angler, like, I, oh like yeah, a, like a, a bull trout is a, is still technically an endangered species. There's that's no true. Take. That's true. So like, can you, can you take a hybrid? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. How many people catch hybrids though? 
Yeah, I've never seen one. You got to go in the buttfuck nowhere to catch one of those. Yeah, but the thing is, is in those middle of nowhere places, there's a lot of them. They're starting to become a lot of them. Mm. And they're, they're cool looking fish, but... You probably got more more of them down this way. There's, I mean, there's a lot of brookies up north, but not like the level of where they're interbreeding with the bull trout. I know a few a few places I can't think off of the top of my head that I won't name, but I know that they used to be historically bull trout areas that are now pretty much just brook trout. Like there's maybe yeah. three bulls in there. And I'm they're so food competitive. Same with browns. Like I mean, I love brown trout. Like, but they're they definitely outcompete when it yeah. comes to when like. They're in their young juvenile stage and like the phytoplankton and whatnot mm-hmm. too. They're definitely out competing on that quite a bit. Yeah, um, fuck those German browns, bro. Yeah. Fuck them. I mean, I'm just saying, man, like I think we all love them, but it is it is a weird dynamic because they're just like... The ethics of somebody trying to like push like, don't do this during the spawn. It's kind of like, well, why? Yeah. It's like saying, don't fish during the brook trout spawn. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Like, which yeah. you never heard that anywhere in the Western United States. Yeah, Dude, whereas in the Eastern United States, that's like the that's Bible a thing out there. For Dude, sure. yeah. huge fly fishermen. Actually, funny we bring this up because huge fly fishermen just brought up a video about this yeah. and talking about how brown trout are like trash fish. And I'm like, it's kind of right, guys. Like, I understand. Super like, right. yeah, they, if you're an influencer and things like that, and you like want to big brown trout are pretty. When it comes to big fish, they're relatively common. Like we can all agree upon that. Like we've all seen a twenty-inch brown trout. Maybe yeah. not you. Some, have you seen a twenty-inch brown trout? Yeah, I've caught a couple. Okay, okay. Just making <laughs> sure. I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure. Uh, yeah, you euro, bro. Yeah, yeah, I watched you. Never seen a brown trout. I watched you inches. euro up some big ass rainbows at one point, but I've never seen you euro. He euros and he only fishes in Montana, so yeah. yeah no <laughs> assume that I only catch small fish. Are you looking for some? Are you looking for someone to take up your trust fund with you? Yes. I'm also okay. looking for someone to be my number two competitive angler. Uh, Signing up for the next competitive. No, I'm just kidding. Jesus. Yeah, no. Um, like bull trout or bull trout, brown trout. Thinking about it though, like yeah, it makes no fucking sense why we glorify them. Like in Pennsylvania, where I grew up, brown trout and brook trout were like this species, like rainbows. Fuck them. We don't. I had never heard. Of, <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah, I'd never heard of cutthroat. Like it was mythical. Like oh, cutthroat trout. Like we don't have this here. Blah blah blah. I'm like cool. Lake trout were like a big species, not on fly rod. But to me, bro, fuck brown trout. (laughs) I want to know a good one too is they stocked, um, they stocked lake trout in some of the high mountain lakes in Colorado where that was supposed to be. Why? I have no idea. I was was talking to my dad, dude. And he was like, yeah, we, he's like, I went and fished one of those lakes that we used to fish when you were a kid. And I was like, like, how was it? Cause they, they put a bunch of effort into like getting the, um, cuts back in there. And, uh, he was like, it was good, but like all we caught was lake trout. And I was like, what? And we like looked at the stocking report and it was in like 2013. They put lake trout in like all these high mountain lakes. And it was like, again, dude. But like, dude, that's the, that is the story of fisheries in America. Yep. Like it's between bucket biologists, failed experiments, a million other things. Like, yep. Most of what we fish for isn't supposed to be where it is. So like, I won't name the lake, but there's a lake there in Washington that was someone bucket biologist like a goldfish or something in there and they just reproduce like crazy they killed everything yeah and um you know what their fish and wildlife there decided to do they threw brown trout in it yeah like tons of fuck ton of them that's awesome and they got big and then that (laughs) was all that was in there yeah and the lake is now like yeah now it's like strictly brown trout it's really cool there's a few rainbows in there they tried to balance it out but there's big browns in there now because Mm -hmm. they're all fat and goldfish (laughs) (laughs) 
shit. They just put Tiger Muskie in it, like Lowell or whatever, to control carp populations and whatnot, yeah. dude. That's crazy. Oh, man, for real? Yeah. yeah. They're what now? They're probably three years old now, aren't yeah, they? They're the first batch. They should be three or four now. They're, people have finally gonna, started to catch them. They put them like in a hot dog size. It's going to sound like a dumb question, but are carp considered invasive? I don't catch a lot of carp. In so China, they're like really respected there. And like, they, they eat them, too. Yeah. They're, they're, they're they medicinal. A lot of Asia, they eat them, which I don't know why we are like so opposed to that in the u.s but carp tacos i don't really we're like gonna catch it we're gonna much, catch a so. carp and eat it we're gonna fry it up that actually be a great video that sounds disgusting here we are talking about Dude, not I'm being influencers so not. but making a carp taco video <laughs> catch and cook <laughs> catching cook carp taco god that sounds so rough dude oh. that's like guaranteed to get the shits after dude yeah uh, get giardia just from fucking eating a carp Bro, I would. I don't. I don't trust what a carp is. I barely trust the crappie that I catch and eat every once in a while. I don't trust those fuckers. I don't trust that. I don't trust nothing, dude. I I barely trust that steelhead that they caught. And I was like, eh, you know, he was in a retention pond for a while. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> Fucking nosed, all smashed in from the raceways and crap. Nah, he, nah, he looked good or she looked good. She was full of eggs apparently. From what's that called when they got the short gill? Like the I, don't know. I can't remember. I, I didn't know there was like worked a in a hatchery like point. twice in my life, and then someone told me what it was because they yeah, were like, "Yeah, get all those fuckers out of there." I it's just, funny how I many. I just know that around these parts, you can like always identify a hatchery raised fish because they don't have any fins. Like they're just, yeah, they're just all nubby, dude. They're like yeah, it's because that's like I've heard it's like that's an add-on charge if you want fish with fins. Really? <laughs> I was like, wait a second, no way. <laughs> like if you want if you want a thousand fish, it's fifty cents a fish. But if you want a thousand fish with like fins, you gotta pay a buck twenty five and Damn. Yeah, dude. Yeah. I did some Chinook adipose fin clipping in a hatchery and man, that was depressing the way some of them looked. Like some of them were all just like humpbacked yeah. and like straight up whirling diseased. Yeah. Hatchery fish are always a they're always in a interesting bag. That's a, that's another Dude, hatch I love fish, it, bro. Oh god, you go down there, have a hole on that. Hatchery I love it. Yeah, dude, hatch yeah, fish. We man. got all kinds of stuff. We're gonna be able to talk about. Yeah, we're gonna have all kinds of shit to bring to you guys. Yeah. We're gonna do this. Who knows how often? I'm hoping at least twice a month. I think that's gonna be a stretch, but come on, bro. I think we can rip it a little more than that, even maybe once a month. Once a month. Come on, of course. No, come on, no way. Bro. Twice a month is that's a lot of content. That's what we need. We need things on deck. Yeah, we, we need can, things on deck. Dude. We could talk. We could talk shit more shit about influencers. I'm more than yeah, happy. Got to keep the momentum going. Yeah, and we'll have some interviews. I got some guests lined up. I got some people who are like interested and things yeah. like that. <laughs> Your mom does not count as a guest, bro. My mom, dude. My mom, big woman, bro. She counts as two guests. Oh shit! No, no, no. no. We would. Uh, I mean, I've got some names out there that I've you know put in their ear. You know, they're not there. Like, hey, you want to come in? Like. I know, like, a few just think that I could think of, like, James Garrison about Trout. He would come. I would love to talk to him, talking yeah. about fishing dirty, bro. We're talking mop flies. We're talking eggs. We're talking dog shit flies. And he loves it. And I love it, too, man. I think it's one of the one of the most underrated things is fishing shit flies. It's a big yeah, fish. I'm yep. I mean, you know me. Oh, fuck. I've seen the way you fish, bro. I don't, need to, I don't, need, to, I don't need to see anything more, dude. <laughs> dude. Squirmy worms and eggs all day, baby. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, we could. We I've got a lot of people. I've got some big names, too. You know, some bigger names than that. James Again, is big. Dude, your mom is not no. a big name. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry, bro. Actually, I have a lot of questions for her. So, why don't we... Oh. <laughs> First of all, what gives you the right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> dude, I could see my mom being yeah. kind of Karen. Not gonna lie, yeah. but 
Yeah, no, guys. Like, this has been great, man. Yeah. yeah. First, yeah. first one in the bag, I suppose. First one in the bag, boys. That was cool. Yeah. We definitely, you know. Luke's going to have to do an absolute fucking wondersome job editing, but. <laughs> yeah, we'll figure it out. I think the more natural, the better, but we'll, I'll, I'll we'll get some, some we'll, stuff we got to get Once we in. get into it, man, it'll be I, fine. I dropped Purist's name, so you're going to have to bleep that. Yeah, bleep oh, it. Just bleep yeah. it. Just bleep, bleep it. it. Just yeah. bleep it. Yeah, or you can just cut it. That was just not a super essential section, anyways. It's funny though. Who cares? Well, I would say, gang, um, yeah, to kind of wrap this thing up here, if you guys got any like suggestions, ideas, objections, questions, whatever you guys want to throw at us, like we're all ears, man. That's kind of the, I mean, do we really need to go into like what this is about? Like, or we're the people, let, we're the people's the podcast. Yeah, no, we're yeah. The, like the people's podcast, bro. We're just. Three average guys who fish and fuck around and have a good time, like to drink beer, yeah. have a good time on the river or lake, whatever we're doing. We're going to Pyramid Lake here soon, so... Bring a podcast from the shore down there, man. <laughs> yep. So prepare for... <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. I, yeah, and we'll probably be a little hammered, but... Yeah, probably more. Um, yeah, Corey will be able to drink, actually. He's not allowed to drink right now. He's, yeah, he's got I'm a couple more days allowed. left. I'm just, you know, doing, doing all the trendy stuff. He's on probation. Yeah. It's going to be so windy Triple out probation. there. Um, but no, yeah, uh, I would say for all the, for all the listeners, I mean, you know, this is, this is kind of a, this is a little open-ended at this point. Yep. Foul hook podcast on Instagram, hop on and, uh, start firing out some suggestions, some people you want to hear from, some topics you want to hear about. Feel free to, uh, call us out for all the things we were inevitably super fucking wrong about on this one. Um, we're going to do our best to, you know, to keep the facts, facts and the, not facts super unfactual yep so i think that's kind of the goal here <laughs> um, so yeah well anyone who listens appreciate you guys yeah like everyone was saying this is an ever-evolving thing this is episode one so it's cool that we get to start here and it's just kind of up from here we'll figure it out that's right all right gang peace adios bitches Full Hope Podcast. Podcast.